Information Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 85, Cinderella, Mason Dubs. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. Uh, I am your host, Mason Smith, animation extraordinaire to be someday. And uh, I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Morgan Straddling and Chelsea Robson. Say hello. Hello. Right. So this is the Animation Addicts podcast. If this is your first time viewing one, congratulations Two, stay here forever with us. Forever. Forever. Okay. So what we do is we are three friends who are animation addicts. We, We don't just like animation. We love it. And uh, the whole format of the show is basically we're sitting around talking about how much we love animation. And specifically, we, we review, tend to review one animated film per episode. And um, so we have a lot of laughs and we we go over the artistic, the technical stuff, uh, potential controversies <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just an all around good time talking about how much we love the beautiful medium of storytelling that is animation. So Welcome. And if you're a recurring uh, listener, welcome again. Now, we're heading into one of the, our listeners' favorite parts of the show. Um, we don't do this every time, but every once in a while, we have something called the Nerdy Couch Discussion. Can you imagine three nerds sitting on a couch? What are they discussing? Animal you know, nerdy ran- stuff. Yeah, random, random nerdy stuff, right? <laughs> that is exactly what we are doing here in this segment. And uh, actually, we haven't had like a real solid nerdy couch discussion in a while, I don't think. It has been a no, while. Not like an official one on the books. Yeah. According to the book. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're super excited. And this one revolves around a piece of mail that we got, right? Yes. So, yes, we did cut the mailbag. But we did. There were some, you know, last minute stragglers. And this was a recommendation for a nerdy couch discussion. And I didn't feel that it was appropriate yeah. to talk in our final mailbag. So I carried it over to here. Um, and I thought it was really great. And it's something that we maybe touched on a little bit, but I wanted a formal or I guess we're on couches, informal discussion about it. So we're on a formal t- couch, Oh, a formal couch. Oh, it's one of those, <laughs> you know, all this tuffeting and rivets and stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, this email is from Sarah and the title is The Big Three Princesses. Why so much hate nowadays? And she says, hey, Rotoscopers, congratulations on finally reviewing all of the first three princess films by Walt Disney. I think it's perfect time to do a nerdy couch discussion on them. Here are some questions to consider. Why do you think there is so much dislike for Snow White, Cinderella and Aurora? Do you think they're weak characters? How can people still think these women need to be saved or wait for a man even though they weren't? Happy New Year, Sarah. 
Hmm. See, at first when I read that, I was like, "Wait, there's hate for Cinder like Snow White." Yeah, I, I gotta <laughs> I agree like, with Chelsea. I don't, I don't know about any hate for them. Oh, I know about the hate, but I, okay, I you... do remember some of the hate. But Morgan, I'm sure it can say it a lot better than me. Please enlighten us, Morgan. So basically, nowadays, you know, <laughs> these three, these three princesses get a lot of flack for basically being quote unquote weak characters, meaning that you know they have they sit around you know and they wait for a prince to save them. They aren't very proactive in their own destiny and you know as that re- as a result they're not great role models for women and uh it's it's more of a feminist sort of view on the princesses and they they say well we don't like those princesses let's compare to these other princesses you know most of the time they're probably not even comparing to princesses but just other women who are just really strong fit you know not, they don't necessarily have to be fit but strong <laughs> characters and they're independent they and they take things into their own hands and personally starting morgan rant right now I think that is totally off-based. And this is a piece of literary work, um, let alone it's a fairy tale from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But even nonetheless, if this were made today, I would still be fine with someone being a damsel in distress. Like, can we, is this basically saying that we can never have women in our films which are damsels? No, because there are situations where a majority or not, There are situations where some women are damsels and maybe because of their situation in life or whatever, they need to be rescued. That does not make them less of a woman. That does not make them less of a role model. Uh, But yeah, they they still are perfectly fine characters. Uh, Cinderella is probably one of my favorite of these original princesses. Aurora is great, too. But uh, yes, so I'm going to stop for now. I'm going to let you guys talk and then I will come back because I have even more thoughts. (laughs) What do you guys think? So that is setting the stage of the uh, the hate well also one of the other um i guess things that they don't like is the fact that they are weak in character development and and to some degree i can see that to be true like for example each one of them they don't really you don't really know what their innermost desires are you know in some you know in the way that we would say that i know exactly what ariel wants you know, Ariel wants this and this is who she is. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you do in a in kind of a. Um, oh, how do you say this is not an intrusive way, but it's kind of like an external presence. You just kind of see them and you can tell that they have that they do have character and they do want to kind of move forward and have, you know, something going on in their lives. Obviously this is my, my part of the (laughs) agreement with Morgan rant. (laughs) Um, But that is also one of the other, one of the things that they throw out there that that's weak in character development. Mason, what do you say? Well, actually, okay. Well, you put me on the spot. Here we go. Uh, Would you like a man's perspective? I would. Yeah. All right. Here's the deal. Um, by now, I think the whole um, the whole so-called feminist argument against damsels in distress like this is is a little unfounded because if you um, if you look at uh, heroines in Disney films, um, very few of them are actually these helpless damsels who you know, like Snow White, they see like a scary tree and and they lose their they lose their crap and um, <laughs> you know, completely helpless. Cinderella doesn't fit into that category anyway because she wasn't in any it, if you look at it a certain way it wasn't it wasn't like she needed to be saved she was saved by um by herself and her own uh you know her own dreams you know which was pretty which is kind of the magic that powered the what happened to her the good fortune with the fairy godmother and stuff and 
Um, so to argue that, well, we need to, to argue today in 2015 that, well, we need less of these helpless damsels and distresses is a little dumb because there aren't really there's none of that anymore. Pop culture has already in Hollywood has already established that, you know, there really aren't going to be any of these super helpless, not not strong warrior ladies, you know, in, in films. So I think they need to give it a rest in, in love history for history's sake. And um, exactly. I don't think they're weak characters. Cinderella um, didn't need to be constant. You don't need to remake Cinderella or Aurora or Maleficent into these characters <laughs> who um, are constantly at odds with their male counterparts just to pay a supposed debt to society. Um, Cinderella has a, a great qualities. And uh, while I, I won't, while I'm not going to raise my children, uh, if they're daughters, hopefully I won't have this conversation with my boys. But if <laughs> they like Cinderella, then I can use this with them um, that they don't have to be a princess. I don't expect them to be a, a royal princess, but I do expect them to. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I expect them to have the good qualities that Cinderella has. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to have the expectation that my, my that my little girls um, have to act exactly like a primp and proper princess who is waiting for their prince charming, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think it's a weak argument to say, well, you have to you have to take Cinderella as she is in, in the movie, all of her or nothing, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to make up the straw man argument or straw woman argument about why these characters were supposedly weak is is silly. And so I'm I'm trying to be tactful here, but it's kind of a dumb argument. But I'd be interested to read about what this, this supposed mass dislike for Snow White, Cinderella, and Aurora. We'll have to pull some articles for you. Yeah, I guess so. You know, first, you know, I know we're talking about mostly Cinderella because this is the episode. But, you know, even thinking about Snow White, um, you know, she is... A princess who by stepmother comes in control and basically it's similar to Cinderella, makes her a slave in her own home. She's had a horrible life. She's been a slave with no pay and and just horrible. There's no goal or future for her. She is able to escape through, you know, the the kindness of the huntsman. And let's not forget that Cinderella, that Snow White is supposed to be like a teenager, like early teens, like 14. OK, so she's a girl. Um She's not fully mature, you know, so no wonder she runs. No wonder she's scared. No wonder she hides. And you know what? What a what for me, like if I were her, it's like what a a blessing it was that the seven dwarfs came into her life and were able to help her. And what a it was such a better situation than where she was like, yes, she was a homemaker. But what is wrong with that? To me, there is nothing wrong with, you know, especially in this the the time period of that film, you know, being a homemaker and and providing for those who are providing for her. Um, So, you know, I. I, Yes, I think what these um, I think what these groups are, are trying to teach about that is that they don't want the world to they don't want it, they don't want a world where um where hollywood is supposedly teaching uh, little girls that when they see a, an empty house and they don't <laughs> that their first thought should be oh we need to clean this up you know because i'm a good girl and i keep things tidy you know yeah which is ludicrous when we look back and think about what their actual the actual logic behind their argument is and um so anyway go on so um 
I love Cinderella. And last year we did a profile or a series of posts called the Princess Profiles. And I jumped up to do Cinderella because I felt like Cinderella was kind of underrepresented. You know, people say, oh, she's a weak character. She just kind of sits around. Other people do stuff for her. But that's not true. So I'm going to include a link to my Princess Profiles on Cinderella. It's titled Princess Profiles. If more women and men acted like Cinderella, the world would be a better place. And I include a quote in this article, which is the the first song in the film, which we'll talk about when we do our discussion. But um, I just wanted to redo these quotes. It's or this the lyrics. It says, Cinderella, you're as lovely as your name. Cinderella, you're in you're a sunset in a frame. Though you're dressed in rags, you wear a queenly grace. Anyone can see a throne would be your proper place. And and that really to me embodies Cinderella because she's in this horrible situation, yet she's still uh she is queenly. I mean, she has this grace about her that people cannot take away from her, um, which is to me why I love Cinderella. I think she's just such a great role model because even through these horrible times, some people are going to complain and they're going to pout and they're going to say, my life sucks. But, you know, she's still kind. Like if you watch her through the movie, she's always very kind to the stepmother and stepsisters. She doesn't, you know, bad, bad mouth them or talk bad about them or like give them lip. Um, she's super kind to them. She's always, you know, grateful. You know, she says thank you to the fairy godmother. Thank you to the mice when they create her dress. Like she's always grateful for every all the little blessings in her life. And then, you know, through it out, like I said, she's always graceful. But um, to me, like Cinderella is a huge example. Like if they were to make Cinderella nowadays, which they are. But like I I have a feeling that they would make Cinderella like talk back to her stepmother and stepsister like, mm you know, just try to be. Because it's like that thing of being oh, yeah. indep- independent and like stand up for yourself, but to, but ne- not necessarily. I mean, that's, you, you watch Disney Channel and that's all that is. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a good rep- role model either. Like no. being able to stand there and have someone be horrible and mean and rude and just disgusting to you and you still treat them with kindness and you can move on and still be happy. Like that is the role model to me. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I, I actually find a little bit um, annoying about, like, every once in a while, like, if ever I'm ever watching Disney Channel, which isn't really that often because I don't have a TV, but, um, yeah, like, that's something that I've noticed is, like, they just, most of the kids talking to parents, it's very rude, it's abrupt, it's like, like, I don't respect you, oh, or, like, the parents are dumb type thing, and it's just... I don't really like that, but, um, that's definitely not the case with, you know, movies like this. So honestly, I don't, I don't see them as weak. I actually really appreciate all of these good qualities as well. Do we have any like last thoughts? I mean, we've, I don't know. So if we, I don't know if necessarily we answered the question. Well, we did answer the question. Do you think they're weak characters? Um, yeah, we we definitely tackled this issue and and stated our opinions. I mean, I'm not being very, very Cinderella here, but uh, <laughs> but, but we hate you. <laughs> no, I'm being kind to you guys. I'm but I'm being opinionated. But that's she's opinionated too. Anyways, um, yeah, I could learn a lot from Cinderella. Like, really, I should probably just like frame a Prince of Cinderella and look at it every day to remind me of like how to act like her. And that's actually a really good idea. I need to find a good print of Cinderella now. (laughs) If you have any thoughts, listeners, of good artists that have a Cinderella print, tweet me. I'm interested. Like, 100% seriously, I am. (laughs) Well, uh, if you go on eBay, they do have Cinderella cells. 
Well, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to shell out about $1,100 for a hand-painted Ooh. cell of uh, the scene where her uh, her rags turn into the dress. That would yeah. be... Oh, don't even talk about that, because that's like a dream come true. If anyone wants to donate that to me, that's really cool, too. But uh, I'm for suggestions at this point in time. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll send a message to the seller. Be like, Sweet. hey, can we have that for free? Where are the Rothkopers? <laughs> We'll give you. We'll we'll talk about you. Yay! We'll talk about you. <laughs> a free mention. You won't even have to pay us. <laughs> all right, all right. My uh, bottom. Yeah, my bottom line is, um, let's let's keep. We we don't have to reimagine these um, these heroines, and and that's what they are. They are the protagonists and the heroes of these films. There's nothing wrong with the way that they overcame their obstacles and for the help that they received. That's that's life you help yourself and sometimes people help you and um so i think we should leave it at that and by golly one of these days we need to have a nerdy couch discussion on these um heavy cg gritty live action remakes that um <laughs> that disney is is trying to pull off and and then i'll get on my my soapbox and i will rant yes <laughs> you will you will you won't see and you haven't seen you will not have seen anything like it not since the princess mononoke episode <laughs> whoa Nice. And that is saying All right. something. Get ready, guys. Stay I wonder, tuned. I wonder what it would take to get me on a soapbox. Oh, we'd have to talk about either Brazil or singing <laughs> or uh, hard, hard, work, hard work versus false expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Which no one knows what we're talking about because we cut that out of the Ratatouille episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank oh. you for listening to what I do, Mason. <laughs> hey, we listened to you, Chelsea. Hooray! <laughs> we're starting 2015 with a great start. All right. Oh, this resolution man. is done. We're good for the whole year. Oh, man. Take one wicked stepmother, two jealous stepsisters, one snobby housecat, one fairy godmother, and a bunch of mischievous mice. Then put them together, and what have you got? Take a look at that! It's Walt Disney's classic, Cinderella. It's such a surprise! It's the love story to end all love stories. A wonderful dream come true. But that's just the beginning of the fun. <laughs> the music. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day at Cinderella. Take the fire, fix the breakfast, wash the dishes, do the mop. The magic. <laughs> And the excitement. On a stroke of twelve, the spell will be broken. Wait! Please wait! Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents a motion picture whose time has come again. And it's coming for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because even miracles take a little time. Exclusively in theaters. Walt Disney's classic, Cinderella. Right, so we are doing Cinderella, in case you haven't picked up yet. Uh, yes, we are doing Cinderella by Walt Disney Animation, which it wasn't Walt Disney. It was Walt Disney Productions at the time. It was released February 15th, 1950. It's 75 minutes long. It had a budget of $2.9 million and made about $85 million. Now, if you adjust that, it would have cost around $28 million adjusted for inflation and about $840 million adjusted for inflation. So, Holy whoa. Crap. 
<laughs> yeah, eighty-five million dollars back in nineteen fifty, like for box office total. That is amazing. Oh my gosh, and that's because this movie is good. Well, I mean, Frozen did a billion, so this was just two hundred thousand dollars away. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, it's hard to compare because. Yeah. Like, that's just adjusted for inflation. Like, I'm sure if you compare the number of people who actually saw Frozen versus the number of people who saw Cinderella, it'd True. be, like, proportionally out. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's hard to compare, like, for me to compare. But still, I mean, hey, not too shabby. No. Yeah, definitely not. And um, this is a, a fine, fine example of the work of the uh, Nine Old Men, the legendary animators from Disney. Yes. And is. this is uh, this is where Mark Davis comes in to do, um, along with Eric Larson, but... Uh, Mark Davis doing the di- directing animation for uh, Cinderella, the actual girl, you know, and then uh, the incredible talents of Milt Call, you know, Frank Thomas, Ollie Johnson, Ward Kimball, all of them down to Fred Moore and um, kind of a grand slam of like all star Disney animators. This was a good time to uh, be an animator at Walt Disney because they were good. Can we talk about like general general feelings from the film? Sure. Okay, animation-wise, I felt like the animation was really good for human characters. Yeah. yeah. You know how they used a ton of rotoscoping for Snow White's character? And, yes. like, the, the what's her name? The Blue Angel? What's the lady? The blue Fairy Godmother. Oh, Blue Fairy. The Blue, blue Angel. <laughs> she flies away in an F-16. <laughs> hey, there's an idea for your gritty remake of Pinocchio. Uh, anyway, no. um, they did use a lot of human human live-action human reference for animating the the characters but i don't it doesn't feel like it was rotoscoped like it it doesn't it doesn't go into like the bakshi level of of human uh reference and um you look on the trivia pages for for this film and they're like hmm, actually they used a lot of uh live action human reference well everyone does that now so this is this was kind of the dawn of an era of, of using that uh technique and um there's a lot of human action you know what i mean there's a lot of human drama and dialogue there's not a whole lot of actual physical action until you get into the the subplots with the mice and um you know it, it's just a lot of uh, it's intrigue and drama and so uh, to animate the dialogue and to animate the drama and the feelings that's that takes a lot of talent and so i think that's where this movie really shines animation wise Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about the intro is I have watched this movie so many times that I I seriously I have everything memorized down to like the intonation of the voices. Ooh. But I honestly I couldn't you know when Morgan was um quoting the song in the Nerdy Couch discussion, I you know that what I was listening to, I was like, I could not sing you this song for my life. Like I've kind of sad about that, but I, I always wondered, like, why is that? What? What? Yeah. What? Chelsea. Yeah. Shame. Shame. Okay. Okay. Let. Whoa. This is. This makes me very sad. Well, first off, let me sing you the song. Cinderella, <laughs> you're as lovely as your name. Cinderella. Like it's a Disney choir that's singing right. a Disney chorus. Right. But no, um, I does, know. Are you are you kidding me? This doesn't ring any bells. No. Do 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 do. Lay off, all right. Rotoscopers theme song. Anybody? Oh man. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. That's why no one like actually picks up on that because, like what Chelsea said, this is kind of one of the more like forgotten Disney songs. 
It really is. And I always like wondered why is that? And I think it might have been the case just because it like I remember watching this on VHS. You probably skipped over the credits. I always skipped over the credits. <laughs> just go straight to the castle part because it was like it's just the credits. What, what, I mean, except for like. 101 Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians was a fun one because it had all these like moving parts. But this one was just like screen, screen. So that's probably why. An interesting thing. Kind of sad because they're really pretty screens, but still. I loved these opening credits. Like I loved all the opening credits. I always, I mean, I'm the girl who, when I was like five, watched Fantasia all the time. You know what I mean? So like I liked these moments where it wasn't just characters where I could just sit and watch. And I just thought it was interesting. I love this song. To me, it's very romantic in a way. And just from the very first notes of when I was watching this on the Blu-ray, it was just like all these good feelings and memories about this movie, like just such positive emotions I have towards this movie. And every moment is iconic, really. How did the blue, how did the Blu-ray look? Oh, I was going to save that rant for later, but since you brought it up, Oh, the Blu-ray is by far one of maybe one of the two worst restorations they have ever done. Oh, my gosh. And that's not just my opinion. This is heavily documented. I'll include a link in the show notes, <laughs> which is a comparison. Um, Please but do. I, it's, it's so bad, and it's just pathetic and embarrassing. And basically what they do is they they used, like, a computer, you know, obviously, to re-image this. And they kind of just made, like, the highlights too bright and it just looks like they – and as a result, lots of lines are missing, like, if – Cinderella is like walking uh, here. I'll include a link so you can see it. If, like if Cinderella is, you know, she has glove on and she has her dress and she puts her hand in front of her dress. You can't see it anymore because it just blends in. Like they completely like tried to make, they tried to smooth over everything so much that it loses any dimension and character that the original film had like colors are distorted like crazy um they make her dress blue you know they like oversaturate it's basically like a bad case of oversaturation um her dress is oversaturated or it's too blue it's supposed to be white like when she's walking her dress has all these sparkles and things and like all the half the sparkles are missing i'm gonna include this link you guys gotta see because they do a comparison of a vhs and this and the VHS is notably better. Um, Wait, I don't see any pictures. You have to click on the show spoiler button. Where? On the first post. Yeah, there's a button that says warning. This is a big picture 2MB. It says show spoiler. You okay. Click on and then. Oh, right. Okay. That's what they do okay, in forums. Yeah, I'm so that, now. They do that in forums. So if people like post a spoiler, you don't have to like wow. read over the spoiler. Yeah, that's that's there. That's literally loss of data. Yes, it is. And it's just an atrocity to and just so embarrassing to the nine old men who every line they put was distinctive and there was a purpose. Um, but the fact that it's basically been basically it's like they had a giant eraser and they erased any like lines. So they made and they smoothed everything over Um Colors are weird. It's just like this worst. The worst one for me, one of the worst ones is she's running through the drapes when she's running away and. She looks back and the Grand Duke is sitting there. Yeah. Um, you know, her dress has all these wrinkles and folds and just dimension in the original one. And right next to it, it looks like one giant blob of color. It is so bad. Um, and the only one that possibly is worse than this is Sword in the Stone. Um, but oh, it's it's so sad to watch. Like, you really don't notice it until you 
I mean, you do, but it's really bad once she gets in the dress because they really try. I don't know why, but they try to overly fix it. And you notice like in these when you're doing the comparison, it's clearly white and silver, her dress. But they make every attempt to oversaturate and make it blue. And as a result, the background colors just get morphed. And sorry, this is another. Wow, no, that's, fan, that's, but... that's a clear that's a clear like violation of all the hard work that went into making the original film. I, I agree. And I, I know there's been a lot of upset fans about this and I'm, I'm sure Disney knows whether Disney does anything. I don't know, but I really hope for like a future release. They just spend a lot of time and they fix this. They go back to the original reels and just do a real get it job real good job, <laughs> uh, fixing it. But I honestly knowing the company, I doubt it. Like, but it was nah, just man, so, they're too busy. Um, they're so too busy pathetic. doing the, the remake well the, no they, yeah they're too busy uh, ruining the franchise with the with a gritty cg heavy remake and they're also too busy doing uh, the new star wars films which will ruin another franchise case closed yeah <laughs> see, this is so sad because disney has one of the best archives like in the world like they've done even since the 30s 40s 50s they've done a great job about holding on to things and preserving them and i'm like really <laughs> why couldn't we preserve this like why did we have to just destroy this anyways i'm I think I could go on and on and on about this, but I think that's everyone's a, that's getting a well, that's a deserved rant. No, okay. no, that's a deserved rant. And, and it definitely needs to be brought up. It's really sad. It actually is. It's sorry. Really I asked. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so a, a not a not so a, a maybe happy family uh, almost at once in the movie broken up because of the uh, well, she's left a widow, Lady Tremaine. Yes. And I love this storybook opening. It's just so iconic to me. Um, but I love that scene where you see Cinderella when she's young and she's feeding the horse. She, the, drink, the horse is drinking water and her dad's there. And you just look at those four characters and three of them we see later in the film, years later. And just such a stark contrast between how happy and youthful and just healthy everybody looks in that like freeze frame basically mm -hmm. compared to later when they're grown up and Bruno is this just depressing, sad dog. The uh -huh. horse is just, you know, pathetic. And Cinderella, she has still has grace. She doesn't look like have bags under her eyes, although she probably did. <laughs> but um, it's just such a contrast between like how happy and idyllic the situation was. And then stepmother came in who's in the shadows and then dad's gone and suddenly everything's kind of darkness. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's um, I like you automatically get a foreshadowing one because of the musical cues. But when they look up at the window and looking down on them is Tremaine and Anastasia dark. and the other girl. What's her name? Drizella. Drizella. Yeah, Drizella. Sorry that I don't know them. Come um, on, man. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and uh, it just looks kind of foreboding, you know? Yeah, they do a good job at, at you know, keeping them in the dark, too. Like the colors and everything, it just makes it. You can definitely see that uh, -uh this ain't no good. It it kind of sets up this big, you know, big picture story. What with the kingdom and the castle and stuff, and then um, I guess she's like a governess or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Uh, she had to be like that. Was I mean, he's a high roller, and <laughs> her dad was very wealthy. Considering one, he's a little bit far off of the the castle, you know. And he's, that's a big house, one. Which also, I mean, that castle is huge. Oh my like, gosh, that's the most epic Disney castle ever. It is, and they're it's just gigantic. Like, it's such a tiny kingdom. It's and just there's... one dude who lives in there. <laughs> I know. 
But even looking at her house, I mean, that house is ginormous. So he's got to be like a second cousin or something to the king. So obviously, that's why Cinderella was going to go for the prince anyway, because, you know, they always intermarried at that time anyway. Um, (laughs) But it was just like, dang, hi, Roland. But I mean, you one good thing about her coming from the quote unquote rags to riches is the fact that she was always rich. Like um, my my mom has kind of this thing. She's just like, yeah, you may not have money, but you're not poor. Like, don't ever consider yourself poor. Poor is a state of mind. You know, poor is where you're not grateful for the things that you have. And that's one thing that Cinderella was. She was she. You know, she was kind of pushed up into the the corner and, and into the top tower and whatever, given all the broken stuff. But still, like, she had that poise and she had that self-confidence about her and she was grateful. And that's really what I believe that confidence comes from. Well, it makes me think of Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, the central message with that film. Who is the man and who is the monster? Right. And the, the whole film revolves around... Um, Lady Tremaine and her her two daughters treating Cinderella that like she's less of a lady that she's not uh, she doesn't fit the image of a beautiful woman when at the end of the film you you well I mean at the beginning of the film obviously you realize who is the real beautiful woman and who are the monsters and um and and who are the uh, I wouldn't say poor in spirit because that's the wrong way to say it but who are the um, you know, who are the truly depraved ones. Yeah. And um, so I, I strike that similarity. Who there. are the ones that truly lack? Yeah. See, that that's a good way to put it, I suppose. And then uh, we flash forward several years. Can how, I... old is, how, old, how old is Cinderella when she... I have 16-ish. 16. Yeah, about <laughs> standard age for <laughs> They're a all Disney six. princess. <laughs> They're all around there. Um, shout out to the voice actors of that day. I loved listening to her tone and her articulation, and even <laughs> even Lady Tremaine. I mean, man. Oh, she's great. She's got a I great. I love voice. those voices of the that era because, I mean, they're just so, so great. Classy. Very classy, and you can. They're you know timeless. very well trained and timeless. Yeah, I really you know appreciate the, that. What's the classiest voice of all in the film? Announcing his Imperial Majesty the Grand Duke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, There's even a goofy yelp. There is. In this film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we flash forward several years and she several years and she's about sixteen, you know, standard age for a Disney princess to be. And um the Did old you do yawn. okay, here's here's a juicy piece of trivia. Um, if you really look at it, if you really pay attention, the entire story of the film takes place in a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's She true. gets up, she does her chores, the ball's that night, stroke of midnight, and then the next morning everyone's tired, and uh, you know the big, the big payoff at the end happens. And, you she, know, the had, she had a great day. <laughs> it's been a <laughs> good like, day. Oh, you know, she had crazy, a lot of bad crazy years. Crazy, weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, so Cinderella, he, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, you really would not believe me if I told you. <laughs> you know, and enter the you know continuing the tradition of our heroines who are able to speak to animals. Right. Hey, but the animals don't speak back, but they communicate with her. They do communicate. She gives them orders. Well, the yes. mice speak back. She has her own little army. It's crazy. 
<laughs> if she was really sinister, she would cause the, the rats to like give Lady Tremaine the plague or something or rabies or wow, no, let's, let's I, not talk about that. Hey, sound like ide- Cinderella. <laughs> ideas for the ideas for this year's film. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she can speak to animals and um, they can even they even sing along with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always loved, you know, it starts with a dream is a wish your heart makes. And they kind of had this extended version, which isn't really extended. It's just the way it is in the movie. You know, and I love that part where she's singing and the water gets poured over in the shower. She's like, <laughs> not like that, but. Like I, and then so we're introduced to oh there's a there's a new mouse you know we gotta go get him and and she's like oh he'll need a dress and a jacket <laughs> or, or whatever and um, then they're like no no it's a trap a trap trap and I love that she suddenly freaks out about Gus being in a trap because personally like one this isn't a trap that's gonna hurt or kill him it's just a <laughs> yeah. And two, I highly doubt the stepmothers and stepsisters are going to clean out the trap. So it's like, oh, no, we got to make it before they do. Because true. Like, this is probably Cinderella's job to clean out the trap. So, like, (laughs) why the rush? I mean, I get it. She's really nice. She doesn't want him to stay in the trap longer than he needs to. But me, I'm like, uh, it's not like those typical mousetraps with the spring, you know, where he's like squished. It's Mm -hmm. just a cage. (laughs) Yeah. Poor, poor Gus Gus. When I was a kid, I was more interested in what the mice were doing than anything else. Oh, no, not me. Like, well, that's because you're a girl. Well, maybe. But as I was watching it this time, I was really bored during the mice scenes. And just where I kind of like even zoned out as I was watching it, because I was like, "Eh, whatever, mice, this has nothing to do with the story. Um, And so speaking of uh, Gus, you know, she calls him. Oh, we'll call you Octavius. But for short. We'll call you Gus. Do you guys know why she does that? Like for me, as like a history buff, like I love this part because I was like one of those Simpsons jokes where like, you know, it's a joke on one level, but on another level, it's like a higher plane. Only certain people can understand it. Do you know why the nickname for Octavius is Gus? Pray tell. You know, I really wish I was on your level, Morgan, but I don't. <laughs> Come on, get on my level, guys. No. So <sighs> Octavius was the name of C- of um, Caesar. Uh, in ancient Rome, but then when he became the emperor, they changed his name to Augustus Caesar, which obviously short for Augustus is Gus. So that is how you go from... Well, I knew all that stuff. I guess I just didn't put all the pieces together. Now you know. The game is (laughs) Have that conversation at a dinner party. You'll be a cool one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, Gus is great, and um, who's the the wise guy, Mouse? Who's Uh, kind of the leader? Jacques. Jacques is great. And he Tell has a great way Jacques. of speaking. Well, Jacques is great. He's the guy who wears Not the... like that. Nope. Oh, check him out. Let me surprise. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise, surprise. I know. I wish I could, I wish I could do a, a decent uh, job of imitating their voices, but... Yeah. Sadly, I can't, for I am not a mouse. Um, but I, I really... Uh, I don't know. I like I liked Jacques a lot when I was a kid, but I... I I really like all the scenes where they're sneaking past Lucifer, the the cat. For one, Lucifer oh. is a great name for a cat. Yes. Yeah. I I'm a cat person. Like I love cats, but I also recognize that cats are jerks and they're evil. <laughs> some of them. Some not all of but them. But sometimes, most. like with a, most a Christopher Nolan percent. movies, you <laughs> like the bad guy more than the good guy. And um, 
And I uh, I think that Lucifer is a great name for a cat, but I wouldn't name my cat Lucifer uh, or at least call him that in public um, <laughs> because I, I don't know how people would react. No, I had a cat and well, I had two cats growing up that were like the big ones that stand out in my head. My one whose name was Patch and she was like the mother Patch. and she was just because she was a calico and she had one patch over her eye. She was my best friend. Loved her. And then there a couple years later, we didn't have cats for a while. And then uh, we decided to get this cat and it was given to us by our brother and he got it from someone. Anyway, we ended up with this cat who was like pure white, beautiful little kitten. And he started to grow up and... Then we realized this cat was just mean and like he would turn you would be walking by and he would like be hiding behind something and wait for his chance to come up and pounce you, which means he would like jump and like scratch your legs and then run away. And so I named this cat Gato Diablo because that's what he was. (laughs) Wow. And then I ended up with a a spray bottle that I would spray every time he came after me. Oh, you gave him the old spray bottle? I did. We just used a super soaker after a while. (laughs) And then after a while, we just had a bucket of cold water, and we just toss him in there whenever he got up on the... (laughs) died. Pneumonia. Speaking of the name... I'm just kidding. (laughs) So speaking of the name Lucifer, do you guys remember Clean Flicks? Dude, I love Clean Flicks. I I am a huge proponent of clean flicks we need to bring clean flicks back i i know i i never actually use clean flicks but i liked the idea of clean flicks so basically explain clean flicks really quick okay so clean flicks was a utah company the, this is the one good idea besides <laughs> um computer animation that came from utah and um <laughs> clean flicks is ba- like basically if you were ever a high schooler in the 90s and you watched the movies gladiator the patriot or braveheart they were most likely edited by clean flicks it's it was a um Short short story. It was a it was a legal service that you that you bought. You bought a copy of the DVD or, or a VHS. You sent it to Clean Flicks, and um, if it was rated R, they would um, edit it to where it was PG thirteen. And so, um, you know, it's in some walks of life that's valuable. We'll just put it at that. <laughs> yeah, you can see rated R movies that you normally wouldn't be able to see otherwise because of content. It's great. Right. Eventually, but, uh, Hollywood got- stepped in. And and said that and shut Clean Flicks down because they thought it was uh, an infringement on their product that they were altering the product itself, which th- which they weren't. And and Clean Flicks wasn't, uh, with few exceptions, it wasn't profiting off of the video sales. It was profiting off of the service for th- for copies of videos that were already owned by the consumer. And um, that's another nerdy couch discussion. But Clean Flicks was basically a service where they edited videos for you, and it was great. Please bring it back. And then they had another company that they made where it was just like a like a USB that you'd put into your DVD player, and yeah, it wouldn't even worked. change it. It would just skip over things. It yeah. did, yeah, but still. Okay, Morgan, what is, we're, we're not talking about that company. Yeah, yeah, Morgan, what, is that, what does that have to do with Cinderella, though? So back to Clean Flicks. <laughs> uh, speaking of Clean Flicks, I remember hearing a story in, like, a newspaper of someone who took Cinderella to Clean Flicks, and I'm sure you're like, what the heck would someone want to edit out of Cinderella? And they wanted all instances of referring to the cat as Lucifer to be changed. <laughs> Boy, Come on, Pepper people! Almost came out of my nose. Um, <laughs> um, that's great. <laughs> that's a that's a that's so a bad. classic. Hear no evil. 
Yes. That is a so classic. So whenever I see Lucifer, I always think of that story and I chuckle. <laughs> like, oh, uh... like what conversation happened with that person? Like, I am so offended by the cats being named Lucifer. We cannot have our kids watch this. Our children will never hear that name. <laughs> he who must not be named. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Fear of the name only generates fear for the thing itself. Um, but yeah. Okay, so Rusafi is a great cat. I I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got and such. He's got a, such an attitude. He does. He and, hates everyone. <laughs> he's he is the first version of Grumpy Cat. Oh, he's not Grumpy Cat. He's just evil cat because he takes <laughs> pleasure in, in in the suffering around him. It's true. He loves to make Cinderella suffer. He loves to be pampered by Lady Tremaine until he has to get a bath. <laughs> Men do the sewing, men clean the chimney, and do the laundry. Oh, yes. And one more thing. See that Lucifer gets a bath. <laughs> he gives her this evil glare. <laughs> like, boy, lady, one of these days. Thinking about that moment, like, I have that moment in my brain so much, also because of the music that goes along with it. And one of the things that I was... As I was doing a soundtrack review for the Little Mermaid Legacy Collection, which is totally a buy it, just FYI, <laughs> um, it's so good. But in the front, it it talks about um, Alan Menken. He goes through and he talks about Mickey Mousing, which is basically uh, he wanted to hear the underscore of the action in a way that you know you can picture what's going on. It's interesting. Like, there's a lot of those in here that I always remember probably even more so than some of the lines of the film but they do a really good job at like kind of buffeting those and making them a lot more memorable i really liked it did you guys have any favorite songs or anything throughout this this movie all all <laughs> i really like the the mice song where jacques is complaining about how cinderella is being treated Make the fire, make the breakfast, wash the dishes, do the laundry. She go around in circles, make her very, very dizzy. Still they howl. Make her busy, Cinderella. Also, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I love the the mending the dress song where the where he's like, we can do it. Yeah, he's like, I'll do the thithers, and I can do the sewing. Leave the sewing to the women. You go get some trimming. And I'm like, you know what? That has nothing to do with gender roles. That just has thing that just has everything to do with women knowing what to do. <laughs> sending the yes. guy off to do some yes. menial chores so that they don't screw everything up. <laughs> As a married man, I know exactly how this works. And I and I'm proud to take part. That is the complete opposite of when um my husband, we have I wanted to do a subway tile backsplash in our kitchen. And I he's gone this weekend and so i told him hey like and he said like i'm not helping with that like if you really want that to happen you have to do it yourself and it's been a few months and so finally uh, this weekend i was like this is what i'm gonna do so he texted me he's like hey what are your plans this weekend you know just talking and then i told him like i am literally gonna do the backsplash like i'm gonna do this this and this i talked to my boss about it my boss is like a huge like home improvement he, my boss knows everything so if i have a question <laughs> i just ask my boss um and i'm like yeah i'm going to home depot right now and jared was like uh just wait wait till i get back and i can help you i'm like but you didn't even <laughs> you just said this was my project you are never helping me and it's it, to, just talking about like leave the sewing to the women leave the home improvement to the men like yeah well yeah it's there, the same that. thing yeah. i'm totally capable but it's just 
Yeah. So, hey, now I have a helper. I'm very happy. <laughs> this is married to someone in construction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, he said he wasn't going to help. I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it myself. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. That's no, all right. That's funny. So right after this, we go straight into our first encounter with the king, who I love. He is amazing. I love the king. Most, I, most professional, <laughs> mature king ever. Level-headed. I, even I'm so tempered. Sad. I'm so sad we have mice scenes when we could have just got more king scenes. <laughs> oh, give it a rest. Okay, fine, fine. I just love how how the sense... Okay, one, there's a huge sense of scale with the artwork in this film. Oh, Not, yes. The castle, definitely, but also the, the manor or the, the estate that Cinderella cares for. It, it really sells the, like, isolation surrounding her. But anyway, the castle is huge on the outside. And on the inside, when he does his... Uh, <laughs> see see your family growing farther and farther every time he says that you're his the, there's a painting and then another painting and then a gigantic five-story painting of his son oh my like, gosh. and i've just got this little palace i want to see little feet again <laughs> i love that scene where it's just like these over-the-top giant paintings of the sun how does the sun feel about this Oh, man, that's really funny. Like, there's those parents out there that, like, they they are the stage parents is the only thing that I can, like, come up with. And if you, yeah, so if you are ever in, like, entertainment, there are some parents out there. You worked the pageant there. circuit. I did, actually, just, just so you know. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> you were a pageant kid? Man, I was. so many questions patty. I have to ask you. <laughs> I was. I did pageants, and the pageant that I did mostly was actually called Cinderella, which was a reason why I love this movie so much, was because it was like, it's what I do. Um, but part of that was my mom, my parents were never like this. Please do not get the idea that this is where they are, because that's not how they were. But... That being said, every once in a while you'd go to like internationals where they had, you know, people from all over and <laughs> the South and you get these parents in there that are just like crazy about their kids and Patrick moms, which I'm totally okay with. Like I'm totally and great with the fact that you are so proud of your children and you want them to succeed. Yes. All right. So what's the relationship with Cinderella? The, re the relationship is the fact that he's looking at his son. Like he is everything that he's going to be and everything that his kingdom stands for. He's kind of putting on his son. And so he's just, he's the one, even though his son may, May or may not be into it his dad is like gung-ho you are gonna do this boy because it's your turn and you're gonna make me proud you know i just think it's fun yeah it's the his, classic his um, disney ex you know we talk about false expectations for females in uh in these in these disney films what about false expectations on these princes it's true if you're trying to live up to that painting geez yeah no kidding what i what i what does kind of dis it doesn't disappoint me about this film, but I it's funny to see that there isn't isn't really any there are very few scenes where you really go into the son's conflict. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because it's not much of a conflict once he sees Cinderella. He's like, well, gonna get married. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah. And that is one thing that I wish that we would have had more of because. The king kind of talks about it. It was like, I don't like his ideas and I don't. And yeah, he doesn't like it. And I don't, you know, you could tell that there's a difference between the two of them, a difference of opinion on um, different things. But obviously it really did not matter. You know, 
at that first sight. Yeah, totally. And then uh, yeah, the Grand Duke is this, you know, the classic, like, he's like the poor little sycophant syncof- who <laughs> is trying the hardest to do his job, but he's dealing with very difficult people, <laughs> and he doesn't have the confidence to just tell him to get a hold of yourself. <laughs> you know, just trying to please the king, doing whatever he wants, and um, probably probably being constantly threatened, you know. <laughs> or else... <laughs> Yeah. Force my son to get married by midnight or else. <laughs> now we have invitation on, you know, to this grand ball that they're putting together tonight. And One day only, folks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, talk about a P on your Myers-Briggs scale, which is like <laughs> no planning, no structure, just like fly by the seat of your pants. Hey, like, hey don't diss us, P's. <laughs> hey, as a j- very strong J, I just, I, I will diss on the piece. But You should hang out with Shanna. <laughs> she sounds amazing. She's, um, an I, she's an INTJ. I'm the exact opposite. I'm an INTJ. <laughs> no, opposites are great. Um, but I mean, like, really, they've known probably for weeks or months the day that the prince was going to come home. Like, and just today, the the king started thinking about the prince's future and a wife and women. I'm pretty sure this is on his mind all the time, all the time. I'm pretty sure probably six months ago he probably was interested in planning this ball so all the lucky ladies could appear. But it's just, I mean, just for time's sake and story and hilarity, they don't. They make it like, hey, let's do the ball tonight because it's it's funny to see how flabbergasted the the Duke gets. Like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's party it's planning committee. <laughs> Here we go again. Opposites do do very well. I didn't mean to. But anyway, yeah, so he has to, the poor Duke, they should make a, if they're going to make a gritty reboot, they should make a story about how the Duke single-handedly threw this extravagant ball, got everyone in the kingdom to arrive, and he had 24 (laughs) hours to do so. Before email, folks. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, those invitations, I'm sure, are not easy to come up with. Each one hand-inked and everything. Yeah. Every eligible maiden is to attend. Or it'll be your head. Well, what do I have to It'll be your head. And then the music lesson. Oh, my gosh. This is a great <laughs> scene. Swain sing Nightingale. You clumsy. You did it on purpose. She just slaps her on the head with a metal <laughs> instrument. They are the comic relief. Like oh, we didn't. Why did we need the mice? We had them. Nah, I dude, that, the mice. I think all of them were the comic relief because she's so constant that you just have to see everybody else falling apart. Right, Cinderella has no has no real flaws. There's no um, there's there's no like vice that she has to overcome, and there's no giant lesson that she needs to learn at the end. I call it the Aladdin factor. Mm. <laughs> the only thing she has to overcome is time. This is a time turner, Harry. But anyway, why all the Harry Potter references? Anyway. <laughs> it's a good time. It is a good time. Girls are mean. But, uh, but yeah, um, oh these girls gosh. are mean. These girls are mean. Because Cinderella comes in and she realizes that they're having a ball. She's like, well, I'm family. Actually, I'm the only family that rightfully should own this estate. Like, I, this is my house. Right. You just live in it and tell me what to do and make me clean it every day. And uh, shouldn't I come? And so Lady Tremaine, being the wily witch that she is, um, if you do all your um, 
you know, do all your chores. And of course you have to help out your sisters and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mother, do you realize what you just said? Of course. Of course. I, I said, said if. if. Oh, if. <laughs> you know, so they do that good. thing that girls do. That They're girls so do. <laughs> All us girls do that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, this is going to be like our weird, weird, like sexism episode or something. <laughs> but yeah, yes. Lady Tremaine is just awful. I think she's jealous. I think it's oh, it's a sure. um she's along the same veins as the evil queen from Snow White who's just jealous of of the hero the protagonist's beauty cuz I think she sees it. I th- she's smart and wily enough to realize that Cinderella does kind of have a claim on the property and she could be royalty because of her her lineage and because she carries herself like a princess. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually what it is cuz she is a, a Lady Tremaine, I would call a a ladder climber. And a so, ladder climber. Yes. And a squanderer. And a squanderer, yes. Like, she's just trying to put her daughters higher than what they are, and it's what I think. And because of that, she knows where Cinderella is, and rightfully is, and so she wants to do everything in her power to, you know, push you down and bring the other people up. The co- the classic bully, thinking that they can raise themselves by putting other people down. You can't do it, people. Well, guess what, Lady Tremaines of the world? You thought wrong. (laughs) I will say, though, that, like, Cinderella really dodged a bullet by not having to wear that pink bow. Oh, come on. That dress is cute. I did not like that dress. Hey, when you don't have much, it's nothing compared to what the. Right. It's nothing compared to what the the step, the godmother, you know, the the witch lady fairy gave her. (laughs) I can't even remember the dress. I'm I'm a guy, so I won't comment on the dress. Well, um, I guess going along with Chelsea's point, uh, you know your dress is bad when even the mice say, rah, 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 old. They're like, holy crap. It's old. It old fashioned. Like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's old. It's so, this is the 13th century nowadays. But uh, those those mice are pretty handy. Like, oh, I, my gosh, they're no geniuses. wonder she doesn't kill them. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> These mice may be of use to me. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a French idyllic, like French setting, you know, so maybe she is. Maybe Claude, Claude Frollo eventually comes down from her line. There's a Disney conspiracy theory. <laughs> so they get to work while she does her chores. And um, oh, oh, before all this, can we talk about a song that I really do like that I used to not like as a kid? The scene where she's doing the scrubbing and it's all the bubbles. Ooh, that's cool animation yeah because they had to do all that they had to do all the reflections and all the uh it's kind of a trippy sequence that is kind of underrated as far as animation quality kind of like um the big elephant sequence in dumbo arguably one of the best animated sequences of all time when you're on mushrooms (laughs) and but anyway and then and then i love the the bam at the end where lucifer just ruins it like a little chump but anyway but the mice really do a good job very handy you know, you make fun of the mice scenes, but but they they really do save the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel there's other ways they could make this work, but oh, I just I would have loved to have seen this movie without mice. Maybe they'll have a they'll have a exterminator edition. And the only reason the only reason <laughs> I say that is because Cinderella rat poison edition. No rats in the movie. 
<laughs> no, the only reason why I say that is because the non-mice scenes are actually so good that it's like, man, I wish we could have just had more of those and imagined how really good the film could be. That being said, I do like Lucifer scenes. Well, eh. No, uh, I like Lucifer. Let's put it that way. So I guess they needed to give him some like a foil. I'm sending you know, it be, It'd be out. awkward if he's just like scratching at Cinderella's heels all the time and being naughty. I'm sending a tweet out. Morgan likes Lucifer. <laughs> Great. I'll retweet that. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. And so they save the day. And um, gosh, you can't help. You can't help but feel for Cinderella. She She comes down. She's like. Got my dress. What's up? We go to party. <laughs> and uh, Lady Tremaine's like, crap. Um, here, girls, beat her up. You know, <laughs> let's go. Basically, right? Yeah, but um, it's a it's a sad, sad scene, the way they kind of tear her dress up and kind of leave her there. Well, and this scene is really cool because um, with each frame where they're ripping off her dress, it gets progressively more red. So it starts off very neutral and then it gets a little pink and then a little redder and then really, really dark by the end of it. And it's just such a fast scene. They're less than a second long when they're ripping off the dress. But that that background really helps create the mood of like this is a terrifying time for her. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just very Alfred Hitchcock. Indeed, It's those things you don't notice, but you notice. Right. Well, oh, you're good at noticing. No, I had, bonus, I, had, I had bonus features, so <laughs> they noticed. I copy. I, I parrot. So, yeah, so then they, you know, prance away with their bums, which I love those bum dresses. I think they're <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I had a like that. It had, like, a big buffon on the butt, and it was so cool, and my mom gave it away, and it was I got it for a dollar, and I love it. I wonder why it was for a dollar. <laughs> well, it was at uh, uh, Urban Outfitters on sale for a buck. It was the most amazing sale ever. Anyways, what was Urban Outfitters doing selling that? <laughs> Who knows? What year was I this? <laughs> I'm gonna make a line of skirts that just are known for their buffons. Gonna... <laughs> so yeah, then they you know trot away and Cinderella. Like really, at this point, she's hit her breaking point. Most most situations she's been able to overcome. She's been very positive and very happy, but. She runs away and I just love the scene where it's dark and then you see lights turn on and she's running and it's just a shadow, like just such a great scene. That's why I just love the cinematography in this film. And then she flops down the classic princess flop or whatever it's called uh, on the and then um, in the background, that initial song from the from the opening credits, Cinderella. No, 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 not that. The song um, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. It's like mm. a slower version of that kind of singing. And if you pay attention, like she's kind of like talking to herself, but she's kind of reacting to the lyrics in the song. So they'll say like, uh, you know, keep your head up or wh- whatever. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, there's no, there's no point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she she gets she meets her iconic lowest point. Mm-hmm. She needs a little Disney magic to cheer her up. <laughs> like me, Funny. Jiminy you Cricket. No, not like you. We need the big guns. Better yeah, believe. you better believe it, Fairy Godmother. I I love her character. Mm-hmm. She's not as um as she's a lot more believable than um the Blue Fairy. She's more like the fairies on um on Sleeping Beauty, you know. Uh huh. Well, she's, she's one of them. Right. Oh, that's right. She is. Very true. She's very kind, but she's sort of forgetful. But she's also kind of, you know, she's not like this godlike, unfeeling being, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it when she's, she's like, yes, dolly. yes. Good gracious, child. You can't go in that. You can't go in that. 
I put Gosh. it Gosh. Gosh. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. <laughs> we should have Goofy Bill. We should have oh my gosh. redub. I, I mean, he didn't respond to our, our blast of tweets to have Dang him redo. It. But still, that would be hilarious if he just did famous Disney characters as Goofy's <laughs> voice. Yes. Oh, so many good things that aren't going to happen. Maybe, Mason, you can just do it. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> and not that you actually have to do this, but I'm just pondering. That would be a hilarious YouTube series. Just like Mason dubs. Oh, I, Mason. Would, I would love Mason to do is going Mason. To dub. <laughs> I would love to do Mason dubs in dramatic readings. Yeah. I told what I, I, I don't know if this made the episode, but one episode I was like, hey, if you have a fan fiction that you want me to dramatically read, then send it in. But I yeah. can't guarantee I'll be able to do all the all the voices, I guess. Oh. I can always try. Good times. Fairy godmother. Well, hop in, my dear. We can't waste time. But, uh... <laughs> um, good heavens, child. You can't do go on that. Okay, that's, that's just all over the place. <laughs> oh, good. I don't care. I don't care. It's all over the place. <laughs> Something oh. simple, but darling, too. Oh, yup. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, just a minute. You must understand, my dear, at the stroke of twelve, the spell will be broken. Oh, yeah. And everything will be as it was before. That's very Western. Who cares? That's amazing. Like all dreams, well, I'm afraid this can't last forever. You'll have until midnight, man. I win. Anyway, that's the best I can do. Uh, it's pretty great. Fans, if you want Mason to do a Mason Dubs series on YouTube, tweet him with the hashtag Mason Dubs and uh, let him know your interest. Sile like a doula, bang chicka boola, bippity boppity boo. Put them together and what do you got? Gippity boppity boo. And Max is like, Dad, why are you singing this? <laughs> if uh, Bill Farmer ever listens to the show, maybe he'll like cringe and like gnash his teeth so hard because of my horrible tribute to goofy that he'll just do it <laughs> gosh i forgot where we were oh cool so i like this part where the pumpkin turns into the pimped out chariot thing this is weird the horse turns into a dude so does bruno <laughs> one way to put it <laughs> bruno turns into a, a human <laughs> and stuff and then the mice turn into horses yep. why can't you just make the horse turn into like a super horse oh, and no, then the mice can be him. like her entourage because we need four uh, it's gotta be a well, fast carriage and i actually thought about this i was like okay well the horse knows how to be a horse so who better to drive right mm, right uh i don't know this might be <laughs> when know, will is all he over will drive again. the way he wants to be ridden, yeah. not the way that humans do. So who knows how this is going to end up? It's true. So they get to the ball, and the ball is. I guess they didn't have to do much. It does. It just looks like the same old. It's not like they have banners and you know streamers and stuff. It's just <laughs> the ballroom. Great. Um, and I love just like in the background, just the the, the announcer guy mm-hmm. <laughs> announcing everyone's names. Oh, yeah. Um, the, all the different names. And that's where you really hear the word Tremaine. Alouetta think... Dubois, daughter oh, right. of the son Dubois. Yeah. I just I always remember yeah. Dubois. This is how it goes. Mademoiselle 
Augustina Dubois, the daughter of General Pierre Dubois. Oh. <laughs> and then the background. Mademoiselle Leonora Mercedes de la Tour, daughter of Colonel and Madame de la Tour. Just like in the background. <laughs> and then the Mademoiselles Drizella and Anastasia Tremay, daughters of Lady Tremay. I'm not, I'm not that great. We need a man to do it, but <laughs> oh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and before all that, um, you've got one of Cinderella's greatest quotes where she's like, and besides, we'll probably be dull and, and boring and... Completely wonderful. Oh. Uh-huh. And then uh, Cinderella shows up, crashes the party, and uh, the prince just gets up. Because he's been <laughs> bored this whole time. He's like, golly, I can't Y'all. remember all of these well, girls' is, names and numbers and, he's and Twitter handles. He's probably met and, them before, uh, is the thing. I don't know because in this instance the 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 king is so desperate he's just inviting peasant girl he doesn't care if they have a lick of royal blood he's inviting everybody because at this point someone's got a stick right yeah maybe so but a lot of them are daughters they have fancy French names you know, so, so they must they be important just, everybody in in France has a fancy French name but I love I love that part where um. Like Mason was talking about, the Duke is like, all right, kink, for real. Like, if this is what you're expecting, it's not going to happen. And he's <laughs> he looks up. What does he see? The girl of his dreams. Standing there. <laughs> Who she is and where she came. He knows not. Nor, Nor does, he does he care. <laughs> <laughs> and then the king is watching this unfold. And it's such a good scene. We need more of them. I mean, maybe we don't because it's just the perfect amount of them. But that is a, a great scene because <laughs> look at this pompous windbag. <laughs> oh, I love it when someone on a Disney movie calls someone else a windbag. Oh, it's like the Disney choice. Well, Cinderella looks great, and and she, her, of course, her dress is totally different. And the scene where her dress transforms, you know, da, 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 you know, where it turns from the peasant torn up dress to the 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 awesome Cinderella dress, that was reportedly Walt Disney's favorite um, animated scene ever. Wow, uh, was that that moment? And it is truly a magical moment. All those sparkles, you know, that they had mm-hmm. to animate. And then we they dance and we launch launch into my personal favorite song in Cinderella. So, so this, this is, is love. love. Yeah. This has a good, that's actually a good song. I never really appreciated just, it as a kid, you know, but it's I a did classic like it. song. Yeah. Can't you just hear like Bing Crosby singing it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish he would I have. Right I want to know. Mm-hmm. And this now I know. Weeks life oh, he never sang it. Dang it. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's a good one. And then, uh, I don't know, this movie has a lot of like beautiful moments being interrupted by persons and things. Mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh, okay. She interrupted herself. Well, no, the clock did. The clock did. But like this was one of those points where the artistic um, influences of Mary Blair stand out the most. Oh, yeah. When they're walking around over the bridge. And I remember looking in... I think it's the art of Tangled where they call like the symmetry of curves where they they kind of go into how they wanted to bring that out in Tangled as well. And I just I loved 
looking at that and just how ev- nothing is really straight or anything. It's just all very wavy and whimsical and uh, love it. Yeah, yeah she did a point. lot of concept art on this film. Um, it's one of like the main three big ones that she did. Um, and you can see it a lot, like even from the beginning scene, just the way that the castle is painted or just how long and angular and cool it is. Like that's very Mary Blair. But specifically, once we get in the castle or even more, once we hit This Is Love, all just pulled from her concept and inspiration which is maybe why it's so whimsical and like this is kind of like the best part of the film now there's lots of good parts but visually Um, so like you said things get interrupted okay the first kiss on the first date i think the king's been wound up pretty tight and this is where his madness just kind of makes him do a lot of rash decisions Mm-hmm. But maybe it was the Duke in fear of his life, but they try everything in their power to detain Cinderella. Uh, yeah. Send out the guards. Well, Close like, the gates. Open the gates. You if you're in Cinderella's shoes, like what's the worst that can happen? Like you transform in front of them and they see like a frock and he doesn't like you and you never see him again. I guess that's kind of embarrassing, but maybe uh, it was her fear. It was the fear of what her of what her her step family had been yeah, she had be been propagating all these years that she, yeah, she wasn't good enough as herself. She wouldn't have a ride home. Oh, that's well, true. she'd have a horse. She'd have a horse. And you just feel bad because now she's got to carry all these mice back to her house. <laughs> I actually oh. really loved the part where all the the knights are going after her, the red and the black. That was cool. Yeah. Very. That's also inspired by Mary Blair. Yeah. Is very uh, strong imagery in the concept art for that, which she knew what she was doing. Yeah, guys. she did. <laughs> um, I love just that part with Cinderella. We haven't really talked about her demeanor too much, but like she's in mud. Basically, people have just ran by her. Her great night has been spoiled and over. And she just says she looks up, she holds the slipper and she says, thank you. Thank you for everything. Like, mm-hmm. she's not bitter. She's not mad that it was over. She didn't blame anyone. She was so grateful for the few hours that she had to play a princess, to dance the night away, you know, to almost have a, her first kiss. And that's, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. It's such a like an awesome moment that I think gets overlooked. But like, that's one of like the defining moments of her character to me is just how in that moment of, you know, everything's over. She's grateful. Hmm. Yeah, good point. And then we go into this. Uh, what for act me three. is the best part of the movie. Yeah, the act three where you think it's all over, but um, the king has a plan. He's not going to kill. He's not going to execute the Grand Duke just yet. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the king doesn't know. No. He's like, he's like, how do I tell him? He's like, Ooh, and for you, a knighthood. Here oh I am, you, sir, sir. Well, good me. What is the name, sir? She got away. So <laughs> a peculiar title, but if that's what you really she what? <laughs> Why you 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 traitor? I tried to stop her. It was like she vanished into thin air. <laughs> and he's trying to kill him this whole time. Yes, oh, it's so good. And then he he's he's slowly getting him back to his uh, his senses. What? What did you say? The prince. He said he would marry the girl who owns this slipper. He said that, did he? My boy, we've got it. <laughs> Hold it to him. It's like this. He's been like this elusive unicorn, like escaping <laughs> bullets to be, you know, caught or in this case, married. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And the king has this great idea. He's like, oh, let's just find the girl who wore the slipper. 
And if anything goes wrong... <laughs> Notify me immediately. I mean, that was back with the ball, but <laughs> it's one of my favorite. I, I guess I just love the banter between the king and the Grand Duke. And so the Grand Duke is again in, uh, in a terrible task. He has yep. to search the whole kingdom for a foot. Can you imagine how stinky <laughs> that glass slipper got after so many feet? No, oh, it wouldn't shit. have. Well, would it have gone stinky considering it's stinky. glass? Stinky. Stinky, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you heard it here. You can trust me on that one. But any, I know about stinky shoes. But anyway, um, <laughs> by the time he reaches the Tremaine residence, he's... I love the animation here because he is, he is dog-tired. Announcing his Imperial Majesty the Grand Duke. I love how Lady Tremaine takes advantage of him being super tired. She's like, shh, we don't want to interrupt his grace. And, oh, yeah. you know, that gives her more time, tea. basically, to try to make this work and shove the, you know, the slipper on. Yeah. <laughs> I love the uh, the scenes where the <laughs> where um, Anastasia and uh, Drizella are trying so hard and they're they're all lying about it. You know, yeah, Grace. <laughs> yeah, Grace. <laughs> and they're all trying to be trying to fit the part and stuff, but they just can't do it. You know, one of them hides the rest of her giant foot into in the dress, and then the other one, I'll make it fit. You know, and she fits it in, and then just, you know, and it does that. And uh, so many uh, close calls with the slipper breaking, because the Grand Duke is like, if 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 I lose this, if this glass slipper breaks, I am truly dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cool scenes though with the the really really tall. Um, you know, well, this is where the mice come in and they show their their stripes. They save the day. They brave scalding hot liquid. They defeat Lucifer. And by the way, there's a little bit of a fuss online about the treatment of Lucifer. He oh, didn't God. die. <gasps> if a he cat falls fell. off of a roof, they are always going to survive because they're cats. And that's not just superstition. That is a fact of life. <laughs> Plus, Lucifer is alive in the sequels and in the, in the novelizations that come afterwards, the, you know, sure. the official Disney one. So he did not die. So anyway, read these official uh, novelizations, huh? No, no, no. I checked online. (laughs) I checked online beforehand. Well, and then cats do have nine lives and they always land on their feet. Yep. So there you go. And each cat has nine lives. So that's nine times five. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, such a daunting task. You got to grab the key out of her pocket. But also there's at some point they almost get burned alive by the tea and so stressful for a little mouse and then they have to climb all those stairs you you would think in a movie like that they would get some magical mouse contraption you know and you know make it in the nick of time but no they really worked up all of those stairs in classical disney animation this is my favorite scene i think one of my favorite scenes in all of disney animation where she comes down she's like wait wait can i try it on you know, and she's like, oh, she's just a peasant girl, blah, 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 blah. But the Duke knows and he just pushes straight past her. Yeah. And, My uh, orders, every maiden. Yeah. And he's like motions towards the dude. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get the slipper to him. You know, dun, 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 dun. And then Lady Tremaine does her ultimate act of subterfuge and trips him. And it just breaks. Uh. It just breaks. And, he, and and they build this up so well that um, you might guess what's happening next but but you totally lose it because the movie really sells the the hopelessness of the situation he's like oh nothing can help nothing nothing 
But you see, I have the other slipper, and boom, that moment oh. there is one of the most golden moments in Disney animation, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. you see Lady Tremaine's face, <gasps> who has oh, yes, been, I was she has say been that. so... No, I was gonna, I, go ahead, I was going to say she, the same she thing. She has Her been face. so smug and so evil this whole movie, and then that one moment, it's half a second, but you, it's such a huge payoff when you see that she really got burned. Mm-hmm. All these years, I've been trying to push you up in the tower, and then in one day and one shoe, you ruin it. And then the glorious scene where they put it on, and it's a perfect fit. And the and then the next thing you see is is the is the wedding, I guess, is or her triumphant ascension as princess. But man, that that I think that moment where it all culminates into Lady Tremaine's <laughs> look of sheer horror <laughs> that she has been duped and. Um, it just makes the whole movie pay off, and it's beautiful. Plus, the Grand Duke, does, he doesn't get executed. <laughs> Which is always a plus. That right. is a really stressful weekend for him. <laughs> like, Good gosh, um, I quit. There should have been a scene where he just quits. <laughs> but anyway, we get the... With the and the bells, and then she loses her bells. shoe again. And <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's classic. Oh, and the mice are all there to celebrate with her. Uh, throwing rice, which uh, <laughs> apparently is bad. You're not supposed to do that because the pigeons will eat it and they'll explode. Yeah. But is that really bad? Okay, never mind. But yeah. Um... <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> you need to make room for better looking birds like parrots and stuff. Or grackles. <laughs> bald eagles. Hello. We need more bald eagles in our world. I have one last discussion before we end this. And that is there are so many remakes of this movie. And people are going to be really oh, yeah. upset Rag, if we rags to don't. Riches kind of stuff. Well, no, no, like direct remakes of Cinderella. And people are going to be really upset if we don't talk about the current one that's coming out with Lily James in 2015. Yeah, it's, like, it's like two months away. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I think. I am too. From what I've seen, it looks really cool. And also silly, seeing Helena Bottom Carter dressed as the fairy godmother. Awesome. Hashtag awesome. Eh. Eh. Mason's not impressed. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm kind of over Helena Bottom Car- Carter. Whoa. But anyway. Right. Oh, then fighting words. It's not really fighting words. I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll see it. It depends on what Shanna wants. But um, I. Um, <laughs> it's a good man. <laughs> it's a good well, man. I will always say that Ever After with Drew Barrymore is, is the greatest Cinderella adaptation besides the Disney one. It's great. I wish we could do a podcast episode on that. But anyway, that was a good um, one. I really do like that one. Um, not looking forward to the 2015 one, but you know. Well, then you I'm also really have a- like Into the Woods, and then my guilty pleasure, a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff. These were all very, you know, good renditions, and they just keep making more of those. Why do we think that <laughs> they keep making them? <laughs> I think reason why there's a lot of Cinderella adaptations, one, it's public domain, yeah. and two, it's just a classic fairy tale that people love. People love this story. It's just one of those like stories that people will always go back to and try to remake and to do their own spin on it. Like Just because it's been done once doesn't mean it can't be done again. Uh, maybe Disney already had their chance at it, but hey, why not? I'd like to see it live action. I'm positive it's not going to be as good as this one, um, but whatever. I'll, I'll spend my money. I'll go see it. Will it be as good as Ever After? Probably not. That's a pretty deep film. I, I imagine this one's based on the trailers. It's pretty straightforward, like almost mm-hmm. a cut and dry adaptation from the film from the, you know, yeah. well, not not there's a few things that are, look to be different, but I don't think so. I, I'll really be surprised if this brings anything to the table different. Like ever after was just a completely different retelling and characters and everything was so Leonardo different. da Vinci people. Mm-hmm. Duh, yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, we shall see. Did you or did you not lie to Her Majesty, the King of England? Anyway, that's my one quote from the movie. <laughs> <clears throat> so, all right, guys, what do you rate this film? Uh, it's I've, rock solid. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing four and a half stars. Four and a half stars because it doesn't reach the epicness of Lion King, which I consider yeah. um, the perfect Disney film and the greatest one that they ever did. But um, it is so close. And uh, it, it managed to keep my interest as a kid, you know, as a, as a boy, you know, I, I really appreciated the animation and the art. You know, it's definitely one of those classy, classic animation, animated films. Four and a half stars from Mason. I'm going to give it four stars. Um, I'm doing this thing now. I read this book called Blink with Malcolm Gladwell and it talks about how many times uh, our gut instinct is better than having tons of facts in front of us. And it's actually like we're right yeah. more percentage of the time if we just trust our gut. And, you know, I'm missing decisive. I flip flop. I'm back and forth, back and forth. So I'm just going to go with my gut on things. So you're seeing a new Morgan in 2015. And I was ah. kind of on four and four and a half stars and really it just i had to go with four because i love this movie i love the character i love the songs but i don't love the mice um watching it this last time today it was really a chore to get through and i was so surprised at how much i just was kind of over the mice um they're fun and they're cute and yes they have fun songs but it just it takes away from a movie that could be really epic like the animation is beautiful everything about this movie is great like really i mean if I were being normal me, I would say this is four and a half stars. But I think they just completely derail it that for that reason, I have to give it four stars. I really want like, you know me, I would love to give every movie a five stars if I could, but I can't. Um, this movie, the, my gut says four and a half. It just didn't quite, you know, hit that, you know, the golden note for me, the golden chord or something. I don't know. Um, but it was so good. I love this movie. And it's easy to kind of really judge the the classic fairy tales it's still at the end of the day a classic before a reason and it's really good so i love this movie so four and a half stars for me all right you heard it here first folks four and a half to four stars it's a good one wow all right of the mailbag section um but we did have a voicemail that i wanted to play so i'll play for you right now hey rotoscopers crew this is lauren aka cody the maverick and i'm just finished listening to your best of 2014 episode and i'd like to thank you for answering my email on the show adding to the suggestions i made last time here are a few more movies that i recommend you check out First off, fitting with your Mice and Rats series, I'm surprised nobody mentioned The Tale of Despero. It was released in 2008, but has almost been completely forgotten by the animation community since then. As an animated film, it takes a lot of risks, such as having a muted color palette and being surprisingly dark in some places, despite being G-rated. It's not what you would normally expect from an animated film, but that's what makes the movie so interesting. However, it's much different from the original much darker book by Kate DiCamillo, but in a good way, because I see the book and the movie as two different takes on a similar story. Next off are two of my favorite films of all time, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 1 and 2. The first Cloudy movie was directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who would later go on to direct the Lego movie. And Cloudy definitely has a very Lego movie feel to it, combining quirky humor and heartfelt servings, no pun intended. Cloudy 2 dips in quality just a tiny bit, but it's still a worthy successor to Cloudy 1. I mean, you can't help but love the foodimals that dominate the sequel. 
Now, I'm well aware that Mason is not very fond of Happy Feet, but me, I love both the original film and its sequel. Like Taylor Despero, Happy Feet 1 and 2 both take many risks, and as a result, they end up being a clever and charming film series. And speaking of Happy Feet, this leads me to my last film that I recommend, Kumba. It's a lesser-known film from Triggerfish Animation Studios, which is headquartered in South Africa. The film was sent direct-to-DVD in the U.S., despite having a theatrical release overseas, and though one may dismiss this film as red box fodder, it's actually quite good. The film is about a zebra named Kumba who was born with only half his stripes and sets out on a quest to end a drought that plagues his home. It feels very much like Happy Feet in Africa, but even if the story may seem familiar, the film is still good in its own right. That's all the suggestions I have for now, but you can bet that I'll be listening throughout 2015. Give your little thoughts on Tale of Despero, which she says is largely forgotten by the animation community since it was released, which is true. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is true. I caught part of it um, a few years back, and I thought it was really interesting. I, I kind of like, I don't know, fun animated films with little mice taking on the big world. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I saw parts of it where he's like in this weird arena taking down cats and he's all heroic and and stuff. And I don't know. I thought it was cool. Uh-huh. So also we did have two emails, one from Katie and one from uh, the good old Joshua K. And so we're not doing emails anymore, but I want to just like say my thanks to both of them for sending in their thoughts. Uh, basically, they gave us their little reviews of this movie. Katie said that she used to basically have this movie on repeat and it's just a classic animated film that will live on forever in her minds, which is really cool. And then of course, Joshua K, um, you know, he loves this, but he goes into more of a a discussion of the sequels and what he would rate the sequels so that is that thank you guys for sending in your emails we appreciate it and don't forget voicemails Thank you for another amazing episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. This was a bibbity bobbity bullicious episode. <laughs> I say so myself. And you do. And I did. <laughs> All right, guys, we have one last announcement. So the podcast awards are opening up soon. On Monday the 19th, the podcast awards are going to be opening up for nominations. We need your help because last year we were nominated. We were so honored. But this year we want to win it. Before we can win it, we have to be nominated. So voting is really easy. So basically what you have to do, you just go to podcastawards.com and then you are going to go and you are going to vote for us in two categories. You're going to vote for us in best produced podcasts and movies and film. So two categories. That's it. You can only be in those two. And then you have to fill out a little thing at the bottom. So you have to give the name of the podcast, which is the Animation Addicts Podcast. You have to give the URL to find the podcast. That's rotoscopers.com slash animation addicts. And then you have to give them your email address, your name and email address. And this is an email address that is a real email address, not a fake email address, please, because they could possibly send you um, a verification uh, a few days later to verify your vote. 
So basically that's it. Uh, voting will be open for two weeks and this you can only vote one time, okay? So just this is for the nominations. And then what's gonna happen is they're gonna go through all the nominations. They're gonna have an executive committee who's in charge of that. And then that executive committee is going to look at things based on number of votes received, quality of the website, quality of the show, quality of the audio. So it's not just number of votes that have been received. They're taking all the other factors into account, which um, was the same thing that happened last year. So hopefully if everything's the same, uh, we should make it to the next and final round, which will happen on the 23rd of February. And on the 23rd of February, the voting's going to be open for two weeks. And that's where you can vote in every single category for your favorite. Uh, hopefully by that point will be the best, will be a nomination for best produced and movies and film. And then you can vote every single day. So right now we just need your help starting on the 19th to nominate us. And then later in February, we need your help to vote. Of course, we're going to mention this on the next episode. In the next episode, we just, we really, really, really would love to win this. For show notes, links, and more, be sure to go to rotoscopers.com slash 85. That's where you can find all the links, everything for anything we talked about, whether it's an article or a YouTube video. Um, there's also links to buy the videos there. You can buy Cinderella on Blu-ray. You can rent it digitally. Um, all sorts of good stuff. And also on Twitter, when you're referring to this podcast, use the hashtag AnimAddicts. When you're referring to this specific episode, use the hashtag AnimAddicts85. You can also find us on Hypable and Animated Views. Those are our friends over there. They're really cool, so go check them out. We love their sites. And also, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And we love it when you subscribe to us on iTunes, because that's one way that our show gets ranked. More people can find us. Uh, it's really, really awesome. In addition, if you like the show and you've subscribed, or even you haven't subscribed, but you like the show enough to leave us a rating, be sure to leave us a rating. We love it. We love it when it's five stars, but we love it when it's honest, too. Um, but you guys <laughs> have so many five-star reviews. It's really overwhelming. And thank you to everyone who has given us a review because it's awesome. Also, you can find us on all sorts of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. And, and yes, on Vine. And on Vine, but we don't do much there. We just have it because we wanted to, you know, snag our screen name, basically. <laughs> but actually, I just got Vine, so I think I'm going to start taking over that account. Oh, good. Please do. <laughs> you can find Chelsea on our Vine. <laughs> but speaking of Instagram, we just hit, you know, last week we hit a thousand followers, which was really exciting. We've been a bit on and off with our Instagram. And really the reason why is because Instagram's really stupid and it makes you sign <laughs> out of the Instagram account to log into another one. While Twitter, it's just like you hit a button and it will switch accounts and you don't have to like put your password in every, every time. So it's really frustrating for me personally to switch the accounts. And if anyone manages multiple accounts, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so what, the reason I bring that up is because we just had a really cool week's worth of giveaways and we were just giving away all sorts of stuff like limited edition music stuff, the Awesome Mix Volume 1 compact disc. No, no, <laughs> not the compact disc. You buy that everywhere. The cassette, you know, tape that you see in Guardians of the Galaxy, like we have the tape and we're, we gave it away and just really, really cool stuff. And we're going to be doing a lot of contests and other things on our Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. Also, if you guys want to get in contact with us, be sure to send us a voicemail at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. That is the way that you can send us your reviews, your thoughts, you know, your Morgan rants, anything. But also, if you don't want to call in using your computer, you can call in using your phone and dial the number 406 646 
877-285-6575. That number has an unlimited voicemail, so you can basically talk as long as you want. The other one where you're recording on your computer, it's a minute and 30 second limit. Um, however, if you go longer than that, just record multiple voicemails and we'll you know, string them together. We're smart like that. So for sponsors, we love Amazon. I shop on Amazon basically every day. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a good thing, but make sure to use the Rotoscopers Amazon affiliate link that's at rotoscopers.com slash Amazon. And we appreciate everyone who has been shopping using that link. Like, it's just such an easy way to support the show. You don't even know, like we get a little check every month and it really covers the costs of hosting and just different things to keep the site up and running. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, Audible, if you like listening to books on tape, well, <laughs> speaking of tape, books on digital format, you can go to Audible and you can get a free audiobook. Really awesome. It's yours to keep forever. You can try out a one month trial of their service. I subscribe to Audible. I love it. Um, I'm listening to two different books right now. And I love it because when I run out of podcasts, then I just have a, you know, 20 to 30 hour book that I can jump right into. And it's wonderful. So rotoscopers.com slash audible for that. And also, if you'd like to sport your rotoscopers pride, you can do that by going to our store. We have rotoscoper t-shirts there. They are awesome. We love them. Um, rotoscopers.com slash store is where you can find the t-shirts. We have a few signed ones. So definitely snag those before they disappear. And uh, yeah, so Chelsea, bring up the topic of our next episode. Okay, so guys, our next episode, I know we said that we were going to do Secret of Nim after Cinderella, but then we got like this huge uproar of people saying like, uh, we voted for Once Upon a Forest. Uh, what's up with that? So we're like, okay, I guess we actually have to do Once Upon a Forest. It had the third highest vote. And we basically know. pretended that it didn't exist. <laughs> we're like, no. So, I guess we're going to hold up our end of the bargain and actually um, review that movie. So, our next film is going to be Once Upon a Forest. So, also in the best of episode, people are like, I love it when you guys record the bad movies too, because, you know, we're it's funny. And it is funny. Like, we had a lot of really fun times on some of those other ones. So, it should be a hoot and a holler if we're lucky. So, make sure to uh, subscribe and be ready for that. And also, send in your voicemails. If you remember this movie, if you, you know, just sat down and watched it, you know, later tonight and then wanted to make your thoughts about it, let us know as well. You can find us at our individual locations on the social medias. I'm at Morgan Stradling on Twitter and Instagram. Chelsea is at Chelsea Robson on Twitter and also ChelseaRobson.com will take you to somewhere special. And Mason Smith, of course, is Mason SMTX. You can find him also at MasonSmithPortfolio.com. Check out his work. It's awesome. And hire him if you're interested and you're looking for people because he's great. And also this AnimatedLife.blogspot.com is where you can find his animation rumblings and thoughts. Rumblings? Hey, don't. Hey, when I'm in the moment of recording, I don't know if I use the right <laughs> words. Excuse all me, right. Mr. Lurker. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Ramblings? It's a rumble rambling, okay? It's a rumbling. It's a rumble. <laughs> Anyways, all right, guys, until next time. We are the Rotoscoperos. What? That was like half Wow, French, that was crazy. Spanish. That was German, <laughs> French, and Brazilian. <laughs> we're, we're very inclusive here. Oh. <laughs> just um did the outro so if you want to take the intro that's totally oh, fine very good <clears throat> <coughs> all right classy okay that was that was a pretty solid nerdy couch discussion
Absolutely. The couch is feeling great. See, sometimes and, uh, we get really like actual nerdy on there and come up with really random things, but then sometimes it's like good, guys. I'm gonna I'm rename it the ranty couch discussion. <laughs> ranty couch discussion. Oh man, it's not always a rant ranty. though. No, no, it's a opinionated couch discussion. It's just, <laughs> hey, we're friends. We're sharing our opinions. No one's upset. No one was attacked. We just like to hear each other talk, which is why we have a podcast. We just like to hear each other talk. Yeah. Well, I felt like that was a good nerdy couch discussion because only, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say the only nerds care about, like, (laughs) the perceptions of gender roles in animated films, but um, that that one got pretty deep. We're good. We're good. Mason, you're already getting, like, retweets and... (laughs) And people commenting, say, I said, I tweeted, we need to have Mason SMTX redub Disney scenes and characters as Goofy on the YouTube channel. Someone's, and Matt Chi says, I am so totally for, all for this. Oh, and man. the master says, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> for real, it's not wow. even that hard. Hardcore even, Mason fans out of the woodwork. You don't even have to record yourself like video. You just... We just yeah. throw on the scene and then you record. You hear Ooh, that, million You views. don't have to show your ugly face. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My nephew and nieces got sugar gliders. You know what sugar gliders are? Nope. No. They are like these little, they're part of the possum family and they've got like wings type, like their skin flaps. That this is like an wings. animal? Yes. Not a toy? No, oh this is an animal. <laughs> Google skin it right flaps. now. <laughs> Google sugar, sugar glider and they got these things in my for Christmas and they're like the uh, size of your palm and my sister-in-law is like Santi didn't you like the did you like the sugar glider Santa got you and he was just like yeah they're cool I mean he's he's like six yeah they're cool but I really wanted the falcon but you guys said it was illegal <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great I would love to get into falconing. <laughs> Walking around town with a bird of prey. <laughs> I'd be like Shun Yu, who yeah, has like you and Shun Yu. <laughs> now all of China knows you're here. Perfect. Anyway. Oh, you're perfect. And anyway. Hello. Are we here? Are we all together? All together now. All together now. All together now. All together now. Well, I think there's a hardcore delay going on. Yeah, super mm-hmm. delay right now. Can you hear me? Are we in the same dimension? <laughs> yes, we are. we are in the same dimension, <laughs> I think.